0: Welcome to Coffee with Graham. I'm your host, Melissa Simmons. This is a new podcast where we'll discuss different topics in healthcare with ACCME President and CEO, Dr. Graham McMahon. In each episode, we'll get a professional perspective on the latest issues in healthcare and find out how CME is shaping the future for clinicians and educators. Thanks for listening. Graham, thank you for sitting down Hi, with Melissa. us today. How are you? i <laughs> great. So today we're talking about engaging patients in CME. Uh-huh. Um, so tell us, how are patients influencing CME?
1: Ultimately, they're our most important constituency. You might be surprised by that statement, but um, ultimately, of course, professional development, the education that we're trying to create for the United States is in the interest of the public service and the interest of patient health and outcomes. And we're trying to build an educational infrastructure that supports uh, the best updates, the most current information, the best uh, ways of being a doctor or healthcare professional for the community. How do you meet the needs of a community? Well, you ask and you engage that community in problem solving about what they need. Um, That's not been tradition in continuing education, um, at least not heretofore, and increasingly it is. I think there's lots of ways to engage patients in continuing education, and all of them can be done uh, quite readily, um, all the way from engaging patients in planning committees for continuing education so they can help you understand the needs of the community that a CME provider might face, to engaging them very deliberately as faculty in a CME program, whether It's educational activities at the bedside of a patient or bringing a patient into the educational environment so they can share their story. And then using community members uh, to be the extension of the CME community to connect community needs with the organization's educational programs, um, how it achieves its outcomes. All of those things are, are, are valuable opportunities to engage the patient and the public perspective in the work that we do.
0: So I attended all three patient engagement tracks at the annual meeting. Um, we had about 14 patient partners in attendance. How exactly are patients using their experience to make informed medical decisions?
1: Well, they're incredibly influential in bringing context and meaning to uh, clinician education. Um, if you think of, or at least when I think of many of the, the most emblematic Lessons I've learned in my clinical practice as an endocrinologist, it's been from very challenging or very difficult or or surprising outcomes from patients that I've tried to take care of, and those patient stories stick with me uh, so the first thing I think is that whether you're trying to teach how to prescribe something or how to perform an operation or or how to communicate or how to even audit your practice. Your patient community are really useful allies to bring context and meaning to the story and the, and the learning that you're trying to communicate. Even if it only is to say, this is what happened to me and this was my experience of this particular illness or this particular medication or this particular surgery, or this is my connection with my community and this is why it's important to me. Those are memorable stories and they provide a lot of context and value.
0: So how can healthcare leaders benefit from including patient partners in their CME program or educational strategy?
1: Well, I think it's bidirectional. I think the first thing is that they increase the value of their educational programming by engaging patients. Um, Going back to bringing patients to Grand Rounds, for example, uh, not just helps improve the value of that educational experience but also communicates the value that the organization has in their patient perspective. So it can be bilateral. You're demonstrating to your community how to engage with a patient in a public environment and that you value their perspective. And we have a variety of um, things written on our website about how to actually go through the motion of recruiting a patient to be engaged in a continuing education activity, how to talk to them, what to say to them, how to... Uh, navigate the waters of recruiting an individual patient as a faculty member in an educational program. And it's not that hard. Some of my most memorable educational activities that I've put on have been with my own patients who I've brought to auditoria to share their story and our short story together um, to teach endocrinology, for example.
0: Well, that's an interesting point that you make about valuing your patient. How how do organizations make sure that they value their patient voice?
1: Well, I think representation is absolutely key. So demonstrating that you've intentionally activated uh, a patient advisory committee for the organization, let's say a hospital, a clinic, or a society, for example, a medical specialty society. But then secondly, demonstrating through actions that you're listening to that representative body. And that same thing is true for uh, putting patients as planners on a CME committee, for example, or developing an educational strategy for an organization, is then not just asking their opinion, but then following through and doing some of the things that they recommend to you. Uh, that representation, visibility are things that we've tried to abide by here at ACCME, through our inclusion of patients and public representatives on our governance, but also at our meetings and in our outreach activities. We're continuing to uh, do the best we can to practice what we preach.
0: So during the breakout sessions, I heard the terms elevating hierarchies and respecting hierarchies. What does that mean in relation to CME? Well,
1: hierarchies generally refer to these power dynamics between... um, either levels of clinicians or between clinicians and patients, for example. And traditionally, there was, of course, um, a a patriarchy, for want of a better word, between uh, physicians and their patients. Patients were told what to do, and if they didn't do what they were told to do, that was their problem, and um, shame on them. And we've evolved substantially from that old model of telling patients what to do to creating collaborative models of uh, decision-making and uh, determining care based on patients' values, not just on the declarations of an individual clinician. Now, of course, there are many circumstances where clinicians have to make emergency or urgent or important decisions, regardless of what a patient's uh, wants might be, because they can't be determined, for example, in a resuscitation room or on on an operative table, for example. Most decisions in medicine must involve the patient and be done respecting their rights and their values and and coming up with a shared mental model that uh, is reflected in the decisions that ultimately emanate from that. There's always options in medicine, or just about always, and those have to be shared with the patient so that they can be guided to what is ultimately right for them and their family.
0: I've heard people express their concern about keeping the patient perspective as unique as possible during the planning process. So what are those planning committees doing to make sure that the patient voice stays unique and authentic?
1: Well, I think you used exactly the right phrases, which is uh, unique and authentic. Those are the values that individual patients bring. Um, If they're on a planning committee because they have an axe to grind, that's not necessarily a particularly constructive engagement of that patient. Um, you want people on a committee who can be as representative as possible of course no individual can be representative of the entire patient community that uh, an individual clinician or an entire organization serves but they should be representative of the overall values and beliefs of the community that the organization does serve as much as possible and be a a, a responsive agent to say you know these issues are big in our community whether it's opioids or chronic illnesses or access uh, to care or environmental health. Whatever it is around that community should be reflected in how that patient's voice is celebrated. And then I think you want to orient the patient to serving on a panel, help them understand what a planning committee does and what their perspectives, uh, what kind of perspectives are welcome. And then uh, making a point of soliciting their input when the, at the right opportunities, and then following through on, on reflecting on that and making decisions that are right for the planning committee based on a variety of inputs that includes the patients.
0: What are some of the challenges that we see with healthcare professionals and patients working together because it's pretty new experience?
1: Well, collaborative decision making is hard and it is more time consuming than declarative decisions. Of course it is. Uh, much more difficult to say, well, what's most important to you when we're making decisions about which medicines to treat you with rather than saying the right medicine is X. That's not, uh, you know, that's much more time-consuming. Now I have to ask you how you feel about things. I have to solicit your values, what's really important to you. So collaborative decision-making yields much better outcomes for patients. It is a more um, rewarding experience for the, for the clinician if they engage with it. Um, and it's incredibly important to just respect people uh, in this way. So I think the key thing is that it to acknowledge it requires training, it requires additional support, and most importantly, kind of requires as much as possible uh, additional time. Even if that time allocation is modest, shared decision making just requires an investment again, in people and the way in which they spend their very precious time.
0: So where can CME providers go if they want to include patients in their program? Or what can they do? Or where can they look?
1: Well, we've a variety of resources on our website. Uh, We've been working with uh, PCORI uh, to develop a variety of resources that are additionally helpful for CME providers to engage patients constructively in the planning and the strategy and the delivery of their educational programs. Uh, So I would say that's the best place to go.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Graham.
1: As always, pleasure, Melissa.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.